Welcome to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast, where we discuss OSHA, EPA, safety policy, safety training, employee engagement, and everything in between. Safety is so much more than a technical skill. It's a motivational need. It's a means of engaging your team. Safety is a meaningful business practice that makes a direct impact on everyone in the organization. Hi, I'm your host for the podcast, Dr. Mark French, also known as The Safety Dude. As a certified safety professional and nationally registered EMT, I am excited to share my knowledge and passion from experience in environmental health, safety, security, and human resources. I've worked in the automotive, foods, chemical, nuclear, and e-commerce fields. I'm so glad you're joining me for this episode as we talk through the current issues in environmental health and safety and how they can affect the culture of your organization. Hi, welcome to this episode of the podcast. Really happy you could join me. I'm going to do something a little different this week. Uh, instead of looking at kind of what's in the news, what's been changing, what's been happening with safety, I'm going to take a step back and go back and look at some things I started this year early on with my blog and kind of put that to the side for a number of reasons. Uh, I really enjoy the podcasting more, so I think I'm going to focus on that a little bit more than just blogging. And from there, I started late last year, early this year, talking about what makes a company world-class in safety. What makes a company best-in-class in safety? What is it those? What is it that really defines that? And this was more of a, I guess, philosophical talk. It was not really a uh, discussion with a lot of hard data because that data is hard to find, I'll be honest. There's some companies that are collecting it, some really big consulting firms that can really dial that down. And it's been years since I've been able to attend one of those seminars where they talked about some of their metrics that showed what does best in class or world class look like with safety metrics or safety in general. And so I'm going to go back and I wanted to spend this episode talking about what makes a company best in class or world class, whatever you want to call it. it. It's to me semantics as far as what we want to call it. But what is it that drives a company to be better? What is it that makes them want to become stronger with safety and how does it look? And one of the topics that have been really eating me and it's been bothering me is safety metrics. And I actually blogged about this earlier in the year and Safety metrics is one of those things I have always had a love-hate relationship with because there's part of me that knows that if we're not measuring safety, it's easily going to fall off the radar. There are those that lead that need data, and data is so important because it does give us that, that trigger point. It gives us that idea of where we're at. But most of the time, you start managing numbers versus managing the process. And a lot of times the numbers can work. When you think about safety, quality, delivery, inventory, and cost, you can manage the numbers and actually improve your process with quality, inventory, delivery, and cost because they're not people related. And so you can manage a number. You can look at how do we reduce our inventory. And when the inventory gets better and the turnover is faster, 
whether you've managed the number or whether you've managed the actual inventory, you've accomplished your goal. Same thing with cost. And yeah, there's some funny accounting that can be done, but I'm not going to go into that part of it. When we look at metrics in general, it turns out a lot of times that companies start managing the number versus the process. And that doesn't really fit to a lean profile for one. You should really look at a good process, the indicator that you look at. How are we doing it? What are we doing to create this final result? And that final result is just an indicator in time of how well the process is performing for us. So we got to go back and look at our process. And to look at that again, when you're looking at those like quality, inventory, delivery, and cost, it's real easy to look at, okay, we'll manage the number and it does manage your process. It does that. With safety, that's not so true because the number is a human being almost every single time. Because the first thing we always, every company looks at, good, bad, or indifferent, is your recordable rate. Because it's collected. It's out there. It's available. You can compare yourself to everyone else in the industry. You can compare yourself to other companies. You can compare yourself to other divisions. You can compare yourself to other departments. It's available. It's it's equilateral because it takes hours into account. And so we use it a lot and such a reactive number, but that's one that's out there and measured. And for every one of those numbers, that's a person that was affected by our process. And so we go back and we look at, okay, well, what about first aid rate? Again, that's a little bit more proactive, um, but still someone was hurt. Someone was affected. There was harm done. And there's other proactive metrics. You can look at um, maintenance work orders for safety. And again, that number can be managed because sometimes with a click of a button, it's suddenly, well, that's a safety work order. Is there a check and balance there? And I'm being negative here in the beginning, and I'm sorry for that. I don't usually like to be negative, but I'm, I'm kind of setting myself up for the epiphany I had the other day when really thinking about metrics. And it's what did I'm going to really come down to is it's not about the number that it's about the company attitude, but let's go back so we can take maintenance work orders and we can play with that number all day long and we can make that number look however we want it to, I guess we'll call it stay off the radar. And I've worked for companies where the goal was stay off the radar because if you were too good, you were called out in front of the, the class proverbially to present what made you so good. And I don't think sometimes companies want to hear the real answer of, well, we care. <laughs> We're trying to actually incorporate people. Well, that's, that's a lot of work. That's not the silver bullet approach we were looking for. Nor did you want to be on the back end of the curve because then you were called out and, and I guess given your punishment or your, your tongue lashing. And I've been on the end of a lot of those in my career uh, because I did a lot of turnarounds. So you walk in the door and, it's not good to begin with. And you just learn to take a, a good yelling because that's what makes that manager or that person feel better. They've done their managing duty by yelling at you. And um, you go on and you do what you know is right. And you keep trying to make it better because you know that's what you should be doing. And so let's go back to metrics. Kind of got that off my chest, didn't I? <laughs> so we go back and we look at metrics. Here's the real issue with metrics. Does your numbers, 
whatever number you're you're recording, whatever number you are managing to is good. You should have a target. You should keep it in front of people. It should be there. There should be something that helps people continually visualize safety. Doesn't help you get better. That's it. Is you, Does your measurement of whatever you're measuring help you get better? Because that's our goal. Because we don't want to just manage a number. And I have spent so much time in my career managing the recordable number. Um, I'm sure if you're a safety professional out there, you've had that job. Maybe not. Love to hear about your experience either way. But I've had those jobs where when a recordable happened, you spent an amazing amount of time trying to make it not recordable. Get the doctor to say this. Get the uh, person to admit they didn't do it. Get the uh, get it to show that maybe they've already had this injury before. Do anything you can to get it off the OSHA log. And it would blow my mind that we would spend so much time trying to get it off the log and not that much time trying to prevent it from happening in the first place. Because the, the response was, don't take it. And the whole after process, the entire root cause analysis was just punishment for having a recordable because it didn't matter what you found was wrong. You probably weren't going to get the resources you needed to fix it. And so you, and this is a common theme. So I've done some, as I've done some studies and interviewed and talked to other safety professionals, um, sure I'm using a little bit of drama here, but that's a common theme that you, you have the recordable, you do everything you can to not have the recordable because there's such a pressure not to have the recordable. And, and then the root cause process is really just that paperwork exercise that you present to some very high-level people so they can nitpick it and make you feel small, make them feel big. And that's the whole process because now you've been punished for having that recordable, even though the whole talk is that this gets makes us better. We're learning. Anyway, a little cynical there, but I want to go back to this idea. Does whatever you're managing help you get better? Does whatever you're managing really make a difference? And that's what it matters to because any number, and this is what really came to me, is that any number you're managing can be a good number or a bad number. The number is the number. It's what you're doing. It's what your organization is doing. And I've been part of some organizations that, that do care. That they look at those numbers, and it's not just about managing that number. It's about really trying to make a difference. Like, we've had this issue. We know we have it. What are we doing? How can we go out and take care of this? And that's what it's about. And early on, I really, it really came to me that the idea that there's good numbers and there's bad numbers. There's things you should measure. There's things you shouldn't measure. But then it really came to me as I was thinking about it further that, the whole goal is not the number. The whole goal is to have a point that we go, hey, we should do something. We need to go out there and make a difference in our company, in our organization, and to our people to make some change happen. And that's what the numbers are for, whether good or bad. Because sometimes the good numbers tell you keep going. Just whatever you're doing, crank that up another notch and keep rolling with it. Sometimes the numbers tell us that we're not doing such a good job and we need to turn it around. We need to find a different direction or adjust the course that we're going. So at the end of the day, does your numbers help you get better? That's what it's about. And that's what we're shooting for. And that, to me, was such an amazing thing because now it's about influencing the way we treat it when we have a number. Not just manage the number, not just fix it immediately. How do we react? 
do we really seek a way that improves our process or are we just measuring a number? Anyway, really just something different. Wanted to talk about in this first half of the podcast. More podcasts coming up in just a moment. TSD Amalgamated, your partner in safety consulting. Find them on the web at tsdamalgamated.com. With over 15 years of experience in various industries, setting up ISO, TS, and RC systems, the professional team at TSD Amalgamated is ready to help you take your safety program to that next level. TSD Amalgamated is skilled in technical and behavioral auditing, from training employees on OSHA compliance standards to helping your leadership team see how safety can help drive real organizational change. TSD Amalgamated is there to be your partner. Their process is not a fill-in-the-blank policy or training process. They want to know your team, your needs, and create processes that create total organizational ownership. TSD Amalgamated, where do you want your safety programs to take you? www.tsdamalgamated.com Welcome back to the second half of the podcast. Again, so happy you could join me for this episode. And again, a little bit different than the previous episodes. Going back and looking at what makes a company best in class or world class and more of the philosophy behind it, the psychology behind it. And in the first part, talked a little bit more about metrics. And, you know, it's not the number that's good or bad. It's the way we treat that number and how our attitude towards it. And I think the next section that really defines what is a best-in-class company, and I think it's that safety part. Like, how do we really make our team feel safe? And there's two components to feeling safe at work. There's psychological safety and there's physical safety. And these two can sometimes go very much hand-in-hand. And I think they do because the same companies that have great safety, they're the ones that... They're empowering their teams. You see a lot of empowerment where anyone can raise their hand and say, I see an issue. How do we fix it? Or the, the ones patting a guy, their neighbor on the back and saying, hey, guy, this something isn't right here. We need to figure this out. Or looking over to their partner and saying, hey, partner, maybe we need to step back before we go into this and figure out a better way, a safer way of doing it. And that's not only a safe, a physically safe place to work, it's also a psychologically safe place to work because we don't have the fear of that retaliation of being chastised for bringing up a safety issue. And I know when reading articles, when looking at different items, when doing research, you see, and I have seen different places where there are there's concern about bringing up an issue. Like, sure, there's this big sign on the wall that says anyone can hit an e-stop to stop the line if they see something. But what really happens if you were to do that? How does that, how does that really react? Who panics? Who gets angry? Who did that? Versus, what do we need to fix? And so what's the attitude there? How? And notice that's just a change. It's like, who versus what? Okay, there's a what we need to fix, not a who we need to punish. 
And same thing with psychological safety, like, are we okay? Are you okay? Being tapped on the shoulder and saying, hey, something isn't right here. Um, don't forget your safety classes. Or is it one of those things that we're playing gotcha? Oh, gotcha. You're in trouble now, buddy. And there, again, becomes a very powerful tool for how we do safety. And again, those two things go very much hand in hand. And I think psychological safety has to somewhat come first, only by an edge, because we need the guarding. We need the compliance. We need all of those things that are out there that protect our team. But how do we know when something's wrong? Because there's not enough safety people in the field do, looking for all of those issues. That's why a lot of the time, safety professionals have to be empowerment experts. They have to be that leadership expert that's really figuring out a way to get their, their team all on board with help feeding them information or fixing it and collecting the data to say, look how much stuff we fixed today. And so we need to be able to feel like that we can talk about any issue. And it's not just safety issues. When you have that psychological safety, you're also going to be feel open to talk about the real cultural issues that are going on. About, well, how do we care about our team more? How do we protect anything that we're doing? The rights of our team, protecting our people, and protecting who they are, and making sure they go home to enjoy those things they're doing. And so when it comes to psychological safety, there's a lot involved in that. But it comes from being able to hear, to feel listened to. And it's very interesting how many times you can look at different stories and various articles and the, the term active listening comes in. That, okay, when someone comes and talks to you, are you giving them their full attention? I'm terrible about that. Terrible. Because I feel like I should always be doing something because I can listen and look. I can, I'm a pretty quick multitasker. Uh, I can do things pretty fast around. I think I enjoy that because it keeps me engaged in a lot of things, intensely focused. <laughs> so I try to do it, but that's not what people need. People don't need that. They need you to blank out the screen, turn around, silence your phone, turn it over, face down, look at them in the eyes and, and nod and let them know that you're listening and recap what you're hearing and making sure that you are listening. And it's not just an act, but you are listening they need to know that. They need to feel that. I need to feel that sometimes. Uh, I understand. I get it when people want to multitask when I'm talking to them because I do it. But it's not the best way to build that psychological safety. And I see that. I see it when I'm talking to my kids sometimes. I forget that I can do a lot of things at once and I shouldn't be doing a lot of things at once. I need to build that psychological safety by first listening. And giving them my attention and putting myself in their shoes, trying to understand what it is we're getting to. Now, sometimes I get it. As safety professionals, we get some of the wildest, most amazing <laughs> complaints to our office. I can remember a number of them. Anywhere from an old dirty couch being removed to... Uh, different types of shoelace issues to all kinds of things that suddenly became what are a safety issue. And we, we need to deal with this because it's affecting our safety. And so we get a lot and we still have to take it with seriousness and we have to listen. We have to build, we have to think of that as an exercise and building that trust 
because that's something they're going to come back to again later when there is a real safety issue potentially. And sometimes that's hard and we have to build on it. But it's about building that safety because once we have psychological safety, once we have physical safety, we see our team members grow. We see that desire for positive reinforcement grow. We see that self-efficiency grow. And it all begins with safety. It all begins with feeling safe. And so when we look at that world-class organization, one of those things that we start by looking at is how do they listen? How much are they listening? Is it real? Is it something that they're really taking an effort to understand and to build a psychological safety that truly, if you raise your hand and have a concern, culturally, safety-wise, anything, is it serious? Is it something we're listening to? Now, not everything is going to be actionable. Not everything is going to turn into a, a big ordeal. But are we at least listening? And are we listening appropriately? Because I know there's also those that will take full advantage of that. I've been part of it where that is a great way to, if I don't feel like working, that if I have a concern, I can go spend a few hours talking to somebody about my concerns. I get that. I get that there's going to be people we have to actively manage. But we should not base our response on the 3%. We should base our response on everyone else that when they come we're able to be there for them and we're not jaded or hurting or burned out because of the others that we've had to deal with and that we're giving them the grief because we're just tired of it all and we can get there. The safety profession is very interesting from that standpoint. There can be some very difficult times and we're put under an immense amount of, of time pressure and other types of pressure and it culturally we have to be prepared to be that advocate to be that one who can listen, who can be that voice. And that can be a very large task. And my deepest respect to all those out there doing it every single day, because it, it's not easy. And there's a lot of great companies out there that have such a powerful force for, okay, you have a concern, we're listening. We're going to go out there, we're going to understand it, and we're going to build psychological safety and psychological toughness out there. So I think that's important. That's something I've been thinking about here recently a little bit. I've been reading a few articles on that safety of being, feeling like that I can be me at a workplace, feeling like I can talk about my concerns. And of course, I always think of those, first of all, as a safety concern, because I think that's so important that we protect our team. But it also turns into, can we be safe as a human being, the total human, can we be safe? at the place that we go to work because we are not just a piece of equipment. Our people are not just that. They're not just something that can be focused on one task. When, when you hire a human being into the workplace, you've got the whole human. And that's a lot of very interesting components, very important components. So we want to do our best when we do those things, when we bring them in, that we're building not just a physical safety, but we're building a psychological safety system to help support that physical safety system. Anyway, more philosophy there and safety psychology for me. I appreciate you bearing with me in this episode. Something I needed to talk about. I appreciate you listening. Thank you for being there for me. I hope that there are some interesting items that you were able to take away from it. And I look forward to our next chat in another week. 
Until that time, stay safe. Thanks for listening to the Leading and Learning Through Safety podcast. Join the conversation on the internet at www.thesafetydude.org or on Twitter at thesafetydude. As always, all opinions are my own and not affiliated with any business entity. This podcast is for informational and entertainment purposes only. It is not a substitute for proper policy, appropriate training, or legal advice. I always encourage you to learn more about safety regulations and examine the facts with your unique perspective. This has been the Leading and Learning Through Safety Podcast. <laughs>